Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Praise God. So, the first verse there, what we see here is the foundational verse, is the burden or the oracle, the prophecy which the prophet Habakkuk did see. Last Sunday, we learned that uh, we have to have a word from God that guides our direction. Uh, This is important because without a revelation from God, man will not change. Let me say that one more time. Without a revelation from God, man will not change. When I started coming to church, I did not want to change. But the revelation of who God was compared to who I was changed my life. It was a revelation knowing that I could do nothing without him. It was a revelation knowing that I had hit a wall that I could not climb up that wall unless I had his help. There was a revelation that told me, John, you can't get past this, boy. You're going to drive yourself crazy. You might even kill yourself at this point because you know you can't do it in your own strength. Positive confessions is not going to do it. You have to have something that's greater than you, and I found out that it was God so it was a vision it was a word all of us got to have a thus said God in our life what has God said to you there has to be something that the father has spoken into your life that word gives you vision Amen, somebody. And so this is why I brought you this scripture last week. It says, Proverbs 29, 18, where there's no vision, the people perish. But I wanted you to see the amplified version. It says, where there's no redemptive revelation of God, the people cast off restraint. The reason the world is running amok is because they do not have a redemptive revelation of God. This is why they have to say they have uh, believed the, uh, what Nietzsche teaches is God is dead. No restraint. You can't have any restraint. This is why people don't want God, because God puts a restraint on you. Because then now it legislates your lifestyle. It legislates your choices. It legislates how you spend your money, and it legislates the people you date. No, they don't want that kind of restraint. They they want the God that's full of love, but they don't want that God that's challenging. (laughs) Glory to God. And see where there's the vision determines what we see, and that provides a framework for how we think and the choices that we make. Let me say that one more time. Vision determines what we see, and that provides a framework for how we think and the choices that we make. Last Sunday, I gave you this one. I wanted to put it back up here before we moved on. Vision gives eyes to your hope. Did you remember this one? Vision gives eyes to your hope. Hope gives impetus to your faith. Faith guides your confessions, and love helps you maintain it all. That's why we say hope sees it, faith makes it, confession brings it, but love keeps it. And this is why we got to have vision, because that vision gives us hope. You also learned last Sunday that nothing can be built without a proper blueprint. Amen, somebody. But before you can uh, do a blueprint, you got to have a plan. And that that vision develops the plan. The plan develops the blueprint. So a a lot of times when people go to God, they, they, they want things right now. God, I just need an answer right now. And maybe the answer that God is trying to give you is a plan. Okay, I got about three people. 
that's on the same page right now. Okay. Uh, you was writing down? Okay. All right. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of walking this thing slow because I'm learning too, guys. I'm getting this for myself. Without a heart-wrenching, love-induced, sin-exposing word of God, we'll never change. This is why you got to be under an anointing. This is why you got to go to a place that's actually teaching from the word of God. And it's not just a motivational speech to make you feel good. It's not just patting you on the back and say everything is okay, bring your tithe check, and you're going to be good. No, we got to get past that. we got to get into the deeper elements of who God really is in our lives. And when he does that, man, he begins to expose things. He begins to show you where you're weak. He begins to show you where you've been slacking. He begins to show you where you've been lazy. He shows you where you've been prideful. He shows you where you've been selfish. See, when you get in the presence of God, it ain't about you. It's about him in you. And what he's trying to do is get all the dross out. He's trying to make sure that you can see what's inside of you because you might be pointing fingers at other people, but you got problems too. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're getting a little noisier. Okay, all right, all right. I'm, I'm going to keep going with it. Amen, somebody. Um, let me, no, I'm not going to go to that one yet. So let me give you the scripture right here. J write this down, Job 33 and 4. Job 33 and 4. It says, the spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. There's no doubt who made you. You didn't come from a rock. You didn't come from monkeys. The Spirit of God has made me. And the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Over in Ezekiel chapter 37, the man of God was preaching about dry bones. You remember this? The first thing God told him to do, he said, he said, give the dry bones a word. So he said, I prophesied as I was commanded. And so when he prophesied, the Bible said that the bones came together. See, it's nothing like a good hot word of God that begins to bring the bones together, that begins to put things back together in your marriage, begins to put things back together in your relationship, begin to put things back together between you and God, begin to put things back together between you and money. See, it's nothing like a powerful prophecy from God that can put things back together again, bone to his bone. And you got to have a solid word to know who you need to be connected to because you might be connected to people you shouldn't be connected to. Bone to his bone. But they came together, but they didn't get on their feet. Why? Because he had to prophesy to the wind. Hallelujah. Because, see, you can get a word, but unless you got the spirit, you ain't nothing but bones. See, they came together, but they were still laid out. See, that's why it ain't enough to get a hot word from God. You got to be full of the Holy Ghost. You got to get a spirit-filled word. Come on, somebody. That's why you got to be a spirit-filled person. You got a desire to be baptized in the Holy Ghost because you might be coming together, but you ain't doing nothing. So he prophesied to the wind and said, breathe on these bones which have been slain. Let me tell you something. I believe that there is a special anointing on people who've been slain, people who other people have forgotten about. People who said, you'll never do or be anything. People who say, you can't do that. What's wrong with you? You've been slain. You've been slain by people. You've been slain by parents. You've been slain by family members. You've been slain by friends. You've been slain by the church. But I believe there's an anointing on people who've been slain. And you'll be able to stand on your feet. And you'll do exploits in the name of Jesus. Why? Because you know how it is to be at the very bottom. 
Come on, somebody. Am I talking to the right church today? Raise your hands and say, Lord, breathe on me. Expose every dry place in my life. See, it takes the breath of God. It takes the breath of God to breathe new life in you. Come on, somebody. We got to pray for the breath of God. God, breathe upon me. Expose me, God. Just show me. Fillet me, Lord. Show me where I've been unholy. Show me where I've been unrighteous. Show me where I'm almost a borderline backslider. Show me, God. Ah, help me right now, Father. I need your help right now. Since you're trying to act like you're so much that of a Christian, you're so powerful and you all that, you don't even know that people don't even know that you go home crying right out of the church doors because you came in fronting and faking it. When people were genuinely concerned and you had that cliche answer, oh, I'm all right, God is good. Yeah, but are you? Are you good? <laughs> I don't know, Pastor. Just... Yeah, but are you good? Right? That's why the altar is always open for people to come down. You know, they, listen, you can't get anywhere without repentance. Listen, you can front, fake it, you can pose in church all you want until you get down on your knees and, and ask God to forgive you for your, for your crazy self. You ain't going nowhere, saints of God. Without repentance, you can't even get closer to God. God doesn't even look at you until you start repenting. You got you to gotta repent. That's the first part, guys, repentance. You can't get saved without repentance. You can say a prayer all you want. If that prayer doesn't have repentance in it, you didn't get saved. And I'm afraid that a lot of people in church are not really saved because they never repented. They just, they just saw where they got caught. That's regret. That is not repentance. You just, I, God, I got caught. <laughs> That's regret. Uh, okay, y'all got quiet again on me. Okay, I must be hitting something, God, so I'm going to keep on going, right? Also, last Sunday, I told you, God doesn't bless goals or resolutions. What does he bless? Your plans. Why? For I know the plans that I think towards you, says the Lord, plans of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and an expected end. God blesses plans. Beloved, you were made with a purpose. Now, listen to me very carefully. You have a why you exist. You have a why you exist. Check this out right here. When you don't know why something is made, you will tend to abuse and misuse it, or worse, you will not use it at all. Now listen, I already know there's a myriad of excuses that people are already saying to yourself. John, you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand the mistakes that I've made. You don't understand what they did to me. You don't understand how they treated me. You don't understand how my friends left me. You don't know, John. But I came to tell you, it doesn't matter where you came from. God would never, listen to me very, very carefully. You write this down. God would never build a destiny without first birthing a plan. Now, you know I got to back this up with a word. God would never Build a destiny without first birthing a plan. Check this out right here. He said, before I formed you in, in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. This verse speaks specifically about the prophet Jeremiah, but prophetically it speaks about us. And here's what we need to know. The plans of God for your life were birthed before you were born. The plans of God for your life 
were birthed before you were born. God did the work prior to you ever coming on the scene. Boy, if you can't grab a hold of that right there. Man, see, that's why you don't have to work for it. Man came on the sixth day. God worked for six days. Man didn't bring, he didn't bring man into the sixth day. When man came on the scene, God had already done all the work. So when man came on the scene, he entered into the seventh day. That's when God rested. He don't want you to work for all this stuff. He said, I already did the work, and I did it before you was ever born. Man, that's good news right there. God already had a plan for you before you were ever born. Isn't that amazing, saints of God? Yeah. See, so, so beloved, it, it, it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter where, what kind of mistakes you've made. And, and you didn't even come for them from your parents. Do you know that? You, you didn't come from your parents. You came through your parents. The Bible tells me you came from God. Your parents didn't even have a clue. So therefore, saints of God, it doesn't matter if you had good parents or not. You didn't come from your parents. It doesn't matter. You got here because of a rape. Because you didn't come from that bad person that did the rape. Hello, I'm trying to help somebody. Long before that ever happened, God called you. He birthed a plan before you ever came. So, guys, you got to tap into God so that you can see what the plans are that he has for you. The plans. Somebody say the plans. It's the plans that he has for you. Saints of God, God has a plan. Lift your hands and say, Lord, I thank you for the plan. See, that plan right there, guys, is birthed out of a vision. That's why he said without a vision, the people perish. Because a lot of people in the church don't know who they are because they don't have a vision for their lives. They, 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 don't, they get lost. And you got to have a vision, and that vision helps you with your plan. Am I talking to the right people today? Yes. Say this with me. I came from God. I came from God. My, assignment My assignment can't be messed up, be messed up. without, uh, I'm sorry, by my circumstances. Uh-huh. Let's say it again. I came from God. Came from my, God. Assignment my assignment can't be messed up, be messed up. by my circumstances. Your circumstances can't mess up your assignment. Even sometimes, guys, if we got to pull back. Pulling back don't mean that the assignment is not there. Pulling back means you got to reassess, but the assignment never changes. Amen, somebody. Don't let anybody. The Bible says the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. So it doesn't matter. Sometimes you got to pull back and wait on him. Who said you're supposed to be in that place in the first place? Amen, somebody. So listen, let me, just, let, me, let me encourage you with this. God's plan for your life will often come through unexpected and unpredictable events that forces you in a direction you never would have gone. Am I talking to the right church right now? Sometimes there are unpredictable, unexpected, the vicissitudes of life that will hit you when you least expect it. You've been praying to God, and you feel you're on the precipice of a breakthrough. And you know, God, I feel something. Something is about to happen, and when it does happen, you go, Lord, that's, that's not what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Amen, somebody. See, sometimes you, you, you have to get into a place and say, Lord, this was not what I was expecting. Lord, I was expecting a miracle. I wasn't expecting to get fired from my job. 
Lord, I wasn't expecting this. Wait a minute. Lord, you know, you, I know your word says you put more on me than I can stand, Lord, but I feel like I can't stand no more. <laughs> Amen. I'm by myself today. Amen. See, that's unexpected. It's unpredictable. But sometimes God has to distract us to get us on course. Boy, come on, somebody. Because you just tooting along, you might think you're going in the right direction. Sometimes God has to make something happen in your life so you to reassess where you are. You step back and go, okay, I got to go this way. Oh, praise God. All he's trying to do is get you to your divine destiny. How can I know that? It's because he said I had a plan for you before I even gave you birth. Glory to God. So it doesn't matter how many detours I got to take. How many of you got a GPS in your car? If you don't have it in your car, you got it on your phone, right? You know when you're going down a specific area and destination, not every place you go, you know all the street names. Yeah, that's right. Amen. And so, so sometimes you, you might be going along, and sometimes it don't tell you to turn fast enough. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Oh, you driving too fast? Uh-oh. So, and so you're driving, and you go, oh, snap, there it is right there. Right. But then but then you hear you hear a voice (laughs) and that voice is trying to get you. Come on, somebody. That voice that you hear says recalculating. Come on, somebody. So what is it trying to do? It's trying to get you back on course to your destination. And sometimes when God says recalculating, we go "Uh -uh on God. No, I'm going this way. I know I'm the fight. I'm going this way. God knows he said recalculating. No, no, Lord, that, ain't, that, that is not what I was expecting, recalculating. God, I was asking for a healing, and then you brought all this turmoil in my life, recalculating. <laughs> Sometimes God has to recalculate things, guys, and we got to make sure that we listen to the voice of God so that we can get back on course. Is this making sense? I'm trying to give you a natural example of a spiritual reality so that you can understand that we hear from God, we just ignore him. Everybody in here hears from God. Don't, don't come up in here and tell me, I don't hear from you. Hear, you heard from God this morning. You got up. Then you get up. Listen, listen, listen. You don't always hear audible. Listen, I very seldom get an audible voice from God. And if anybody tell you they're hearing God like that, they're lying. I very seldom get an audible. But when I do get an audible, boy, it's crystal clear. It scares you half to death. Oh, yeah, Lord, I heard that, yes. And usually it's when I'm not in the right place. Amen. When you hear from God, it is a knowing. It is an unction. It is something inside of you. Your spirit begins to, to press on you, and you, you say, God, I'm getting ready to go this direction, and then he does this. And you go, oh, okay, all right, God. Then let me just wait. Here's what we do. God gives us that press, and we press and still go the same way. And God is not going to keep fighting with foolish people. Go to the book, book of, of Genesis the, with Noah's time. He says, my spirit shall not strive with man always. You read the book of Romans chapter 1. He said, I turned them over to a reprobated mind. Why? Those are people who know what they're doing is wrong, but they continue doing wrong so that men can do unseeming things with other men and women can do things with other women. That's in the Bible. 
is a reprobate. You know what you're doing is wrong, but you continue to do it anyway. And God steps back and said, have it your way. There's another word in the Old Testament. The children of Israel wanted a king. And God says, no, you don't need a king. You got me. They said, we wanted to be like the other nations. And they got King Saul, one of the worst kings that you could have had. And David said, now that you know what the worst looked like, let me give you what's best for you. I gave you King David. Now, listen, David wasn't perfect. David had a lot of sin in his life because God ain't looking for perfect people. He's looking for people to obey. Amen. Y'all know David was. Y'all know David. Y'all know. <laughs> y'all know David has him. <laughs> y'all know about David, right? Yeah. That's why David knew how to repent. Couldn't nobody beat David at repenting. David would just fall out on you repenting. <laughs> David would just make you mad. You ain't repenting that much. Come on, David. <laughs> David would just follow. Get me a clean heart, oh Lord. Oh, and magnifies me a right spirit. <laughs> David would just fall out on your behind. That's when he was sinning with Bathsheba. That's how. <laughs> Usually the biggest repentance comes from the greatest sin. Come on, somebody. Uh, you know he shouldn't have been messing with that, that African woman. Come on now. He was looking down there. You know, man, this, this, let me just put it like this. So this was at the time when the kings were supposed to be out the battle, but David stayed at home. Right? See, <laughs> see <laughs> and see, sometimes, guys, when we're supposed to be in the battle, in the community serving people, we stay home. When you're supposed to be at church, And when you stay home, you have the propensity to put yourself in spaces and places to see stuff that you shouldn't be looking at. Boy, I bet you I'm preaching to the right folks this morning. And see, and that's what David did. David wasn't just in his house. He went out on the rooftop. See how the devil works, guys? He just give you put you give space to the enemy. He said, David, go up on the rooftop. Go up on the rooftop. So David went up on the rooftop and guess what he had for him? He had that special bathing beauty called Bathsheba. Now, now I don't know why she was bathing in the open. That, that ain't not the question. It was a setup. Who said that? Ever. It's a setup. It's a setup. Why? Because the greatest conspirator is the devil. He conspires. He will set you up. He, he will put stuff in place. He would put a smell. You would just walk by somebody and a smell. You go, ooh, oh, God. Come on. Am I talking to the right church? Come on, ladies. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's more the ladies with the men because men don't really care. But ladies, you know you got a certain smell. And that brother walked by looking like a tall glass of water. And then when he smells good, too, you go, oh, God. Amen, somebody. Hey, don't, don't, forget, don't worry about it. I got the fellas, too. I got the fellas. Come on, come on. Every fella has a specific shape that he likes. Come on. We love round shapes. Hey, come on. We love round shapes, right? We love, come on. We love, that's why pregnant women are still sexy, because they round. We like basketball, football, soccer, anything that's round, we like it. She can be ugly, but if she got a round thing behind her, we looking. Why? Because the devil has conspired to take your attention from round things. And when our attention on round things, we can't see God. I don't even know why I got on that. <laughs> and since I'm already in there, 
fellas, y'all already know. You know you don't when your when your rubber band is broken. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You're supposed to have the ministry of a snapback neck. It's a ministry. Somebody say, come on, fellas. It's a ministry. Somebody say it's a ministry. The snapback neck is you don't just lay your head over there and just start looking and go, oh, God, look at that behind. You got to snap it back. Even if you make a mistake, you, oh, Lord, no. Sometimes even working with ladies on the job, and y'all know things are cut a little too low. Oh, listen, don't be looking at me like that. You know, come on. Just, yeah. Okay. She's fruitful. And so you, you're trying to get your work done. And, oh, you know, can I ask you a question? No. You need to stand up and ask me a question. Why? I don't, that's a distraction. And listen, just because you're a man of God, don't you dare think you ain't looking. You're lying to yourself. I have to keep consecrated eyes. I have, to, I have to make myself not look. I actually repented to my wife one day and said, baby, pray for me because I've been looking too much. Why? Because I don't, I don't want to look. It's not my job to look. That's a distraction from the enemy. He wants to take you off course, guys. He wants to take you from your vision and wants to take you from the plan that God has for you. What, what can happen? You start looking. You start inquiring. That's what David did. It wasn't enough that he looked. The brother sent somebody and said, who is that? Bring her to my house. See? See? That's what happened. See, lust, when it's conceived, brings forth sin. Sin, when it's brought forth, brings forth There is a process to your sin. It don't start with the candles and the the bedroom. It starts with a look and a nod. (laughs) Am I telling the truth here, saints of God? I'm not talking about in corporate America. I'm talking about in church. See, y'all thought I was talking about corporate America. I'm talking about right up in the church you got people hooking up. Can I just tell you the truth? Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. We, we, We go to church to find something. What are you looking for? If you're not coming for Jesus, yeah, you'll find something. Because if you look for something, you'll find something. It might not be what you want. You mess around there and be looking for a Boaz, and God set you up with a bozo. Teach your butt a lesson. You need a Boaz. Amen, somebody. So God will show you that, but you have to wait on it sometimes, saints of God. You got to wait on the answer from God. See, there is a specific posture that we need to get in when we want to hear the voice of God. This is why I take you to the book of Habakkuk or Habakkuk, whatever you want to call Brother Hab, 2-1. He says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower. I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. So notice what the man of God is saying. here, Man, there's a whole lot in this one verse. I can't teach all of it today. I'll get you most of it. He said, I will stand upon my watch. In, the, in other words, saints of God, let me get that first part right there. In other words, he says, no, I don't want to show you that yet. So in other words, he started off with a posture change. He, he was complaining to God, but he had to get in a posture to hear from God. It's not enough to throw your complaints to God. You have to get in a posture. You have to get in a place where you can actually hear from God. Sometimes it might be a prayer place. It can be washing dishes. It can be driving your car to work. Whatever that prayer place is, you got to get into a posture so you can hear from God. That's right. That's 
Amen. The reason we're fasting and praying right now is because we're getting in a posture so that we can hear from God. Uh, are you here with me, saints? So, so this is why this is so important. He says, I will stand upon my watch. I will set me upon a tower. Four things. That was number two. Number three, I will watch to see what he will say unto me. And number four, I will determine beforehand what I should answer when I am reproved. And the results are God did give him an answer. He says, I will stand upon my watch. Let's talk about that for a second. Notice the man of God said, my watch, my watch, my watch. What this means is this preparation stage stage deals with the personal introspection of your life where you determine where the enemy has potentially infiltrated your heart. My watch is I'm watching over my heart. I, I want to see, has the enemy come in anywhere? Have I allowed the enemy to infiltrate my heart in any place? Have, have, are there things that I started back doing again that I had stopped doing? Uh -huh. Are there people that I started talking to that I, that I began to shy away from, but now I find myself talking to them again? Are there phone calls that I'm making with people that I know I shouldn't be making because I know my heart is driven towards them? Are you doing things that you know? See, that, it, that can be a place where the enemy is beginning to infiltrate your heart. That's why the Bible says don't give space to the devil. You know what that means? Don't give him a foothold. Don't, uh, don't even crack the door. You got to close the door, lock it, and seal it with some, with some crazy glue or something, with some, with some gorilla glue. Y'all know gorilla because that stuff sticks. You put gorilla glue on there, you can forget it. Right. So that's why that's what God is saying. Don't allow the enemy get a foothold. Don't get back into that area of pride. Don't get back into that area of selfishness. Don't get back into that area where, you know, that was not a good place for you. The enemy will come in through people, places and things. Amen. Somebody. So you have, you have to watch. You have to make sure you watch your heart. Too many of us are born again, but we still act like orphans. We're saved, but we're dysfunctional. Somebody say he's talking about me. <laughs> I know that's me too. I'm saved, but I'm dysfunctional. I still got stuff that I'm working through, amen? And so you don't come to Jesus for him to fix everything because he ain't going to fix everything. He got too much stuff to fix. Right. Because and, and by the way, he can't fix something you don't give to him. So when you come to God, there is stuff you're not going to give him. Why? Because, you don't you have matured enough to know you need to give it to him. That's why it's about maturity. And just because you get older don't make you mature. You got 50 year old adolescents walking around here. They're 50 years old, acting like they're 17. Still living with mama. 50 years old, you living with your mama. Talking about I'm taking care of my mama and it's her mortgage. Lying rascal. Amen, somebody. Now, situations happen where you might have to go back. But stop lying about it. Don't the truth make you free? The truth hurts, too. But without conviction, there would be no change. Amen. So we have to get in our watch. Now, this is the place where we have to be very careful because when, when the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, 27, it says don't give space to the enemy. Just before that, he says this is how you give space to him. You give space to him through lying, anger, and wrath. But you also give space to him through depression, pride, guilt, condemnation, grief, lust, fantasies, and hurt. 
You can give space to him through fantasy. You can read a, you can read a book and start giving space to the devil because of what you read in a book. You start fantasizing. That's why you have to watch these, 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 these fantasy novels that you, that you read that's always, you know, talking about sex. You have to be careful, ladies, especially single ladies, reading this kind of stuff because what that does, the Bible says, don't arouse love before it's time. See, and once you get aroused, then, you know, you start picking up a telephone, talking about you need a, a Bible study uh, at 1130. <laughs> in, in the hood, we call it a booty call. But see, this, this is, this is uh, can, I be, can I be real? Right? You, that, that ain't no Bible study. Let's be real about it. You know what, exactly what that is. Body study. See, you see how quiet you got? See, that's what happens when you start telling the truth. People get real quiet because don't be talking about my stuff, Pastor. Stay out of that. So let me just move on and give you another scripture. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard, <laughs> guard your heart. Somebody say guard. guard. The Bible says guard your heart. Who we are, check it out, because the wellspring of life, what we do, flows from it. Let me say it again. Guard your heart, who we are, because the wellspring of life, what we do flows from it. Does that make sense? I put that in there. That's not in the Bible like that, but I put that in there. So that, those are that was my references. I changed the scriptures, so don't think I'm trying to change the word of God, but I put it in there so you can better understand it. That makes sense? Because you might look at your Bible and go, that's not in the Bible. Well, that right there is not in the Bible. I put that in there with those. That's why I put these in here, y'all. That makes sense? Because I know people get all fanatical about that kind of stuff. But you have house has your bills. It's exactly like the word of God. Well, won't you get up here and preach and see how good you do? <laughs> a- anyway. A heart becomes unguarded because we got to understand what an unguarded heart is. To know what something is, sometimes it's better to know what something is not. Amen. I think Elaine and I learned how better to do ministry because we came from places that didn't do it right. Amen. So if you came from a place that didn't do it right, then you know already what's wrong. And sometimes a greater lesson is a lesson to know what's wrong than to know what's right. Are y'all still asleep? Are you processing? Okay, all right, as long as you're processing. Amen. So listen, so hearts become unguarded when Christians, and I'm talking to Christians. This is only for Christians, because if you're not a Christian, you don't guard your heart anyway. (laughs) You just do whatever you want to do. Amen. So let me, let me make sure I got this straight. So I'm only speaking to the Christians. So if you're not saved and you're sitting in here today, just hold on. Just, just you, you close your ears. Hearts become unguarded when Christians move too fast in relationships and allow one moment of pleasure to hinder years of holy living. An unguarded heart becomes that way when Christians stop seeking God's desires and become self-seeking and self-serving. Hearts become unguarded when Christians stop praying, they stop reading the word, they stop studying the word, they stop worshiping, they stop praising, and they stop attending church. That's when you know. When when a people start sitting out, it becomes unguarded. Because let me tell you something. You you might not understand how powerful it is when you have a local church. Now, I'm just talking to the partners of C3 right now because you've made a commitment uh, to be under uh, the authority of what God said in his house. So when you sit out, I'm not talking about you are sick or, you know, you're traveling. I'm talking about you uh, just don't feel like going today. Sometimes you feel like that, don't you? I said sometimes you feel like that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting ready to say who's going to tell the truth. 
You think I want to come in here and preach today? I want to stay home too. I'm just like you. That's scores of times. I said, man, I ain't going. And then the Lord said, yes, you are. And I go, yes, I am. <laughs> Amen, somebody. And so, so not all the time you want to come. I'm, I'm not talking about the, the specific things that can happen and you don't show up. But I'm just saying, when you don't show up, you miss some fundamental things that Jesus says is important to us when we come together with one another. And that's how we lift each other up. That's how we support one another. This is how we know certain things might be going on with you so that we can cover you in prayer. Amen. Amen. Is that good? That's why, saints, it's good to have a local church. If you don't make a commitment to join the church, we're not your pastors. Plain and simple. I'm just saying. So that's why you got to be under the authority. You might not even know what it means to, to be in a church. But it is critical that we find a place that we're submitted to. If you're not submitted to anybody, why would God allow somebody to be submitted to you? And you cannot be a leader unless you're submitted to somebody. That's why I got leaders that I'm submitted to. Why? Because they train me. They teach me. When I make a mistake, I go to them. They cover me and they challenge me. That's what leaders are supposed to do. Amen, somebody. See, hearts become um, unguarded when Christians put the traditions of men before the commands of God. Hearts become unguarded when Christians hang out with the wrong people or dwell in the wrong environments. Come on, somebody, you know, you you just mess around and go to the wrong environment and you start thinking like you used to think. And sometimes you start talking like you used to talk. Hearts become unguarded when Christians listen to the wrong people, listen to the wrong music and listen to the wrong messages. It becomes unguarded. You start you start saying what somebody else said. When you start listening to this stuff, that's why the Bible says that, you know, you have to, in your ear gate, your ear gate has to be guarded. The things that you hear, because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But don't you know, if you hear unfaithful words, that's what you put faith in. So you got to be careful of what you say to yourself. So if you're always critical of yourself, you're always putting yourself down. That's what you have faith in. This is why when you're getting in 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 an emotional state where it's just unbearable for you, you have to be careful of who you see in the mirror. Because when you look in the mirror, the enemy will tell you something contrary to what God sees. And I hope I'm talking to the right people right now. And this is why when you're dealing with uh, emotional states, and this is what Bishop was talking about the last Sunday of last year. He talked about depression. Right. It's serious, guys. This is not something to be playing with. Amen. And I don't play with it. That's why I like to talk about it. Amen. That's why we got to talk about emotional things that people go through. It's serious. You you can't just say you just need to have faith. That don't help them. So you have to be sensitive to it. You have to say, listen, I'm here for you. Encourage them. I got your back. Right. And help them go through that process. Sometimes they might need counseling. That's okay. It's not ungodly to go to counseling. The Bible says there's safety in counsel. And sometimes you got to go to somebody to get some help. Am I talking to the right people? Yeah. Amen. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, you, you, you have to get a divorce. And people don't like to talk about that either. But if you're, trying, if you're going to kill each other, something you might need to get out. Amen. When Pastor Uda and Indian Trail said people need to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. 
This is why new wine cannot be placed in old wine skin. The wine skin must be new. Who we are. For the new wine, what we do. Does that make sense? The wine skin is who we are. The wine is what we do. If you pour new wine in old wine skin, Jesus teaches that that old cloth will bust and break because the wine ferments. See, when you got the Holy Ghost inside of you, it grows. And if you don't change who you are, then what God places in you will ruin you. Amen? This is why what's inside of us should be a manifestation on the inside that changes something on the outside, who we are. This is why your choices change. This is why relationships change. This is why life choices change. Why? Because that new wine changes your choices and it, and it ratifies and rectifies your behavior. Amen, right? So, so the, the problem is when that new wine comes in and it begins to convict, a lot of times they throw the new wine out because that conviction has to bring change. And sometimes people don't like change. Amen. But you can't have change without conviction. And so that's why we got to get in our watch. We got to watch the things that we do. Watch how we say things. Watch how we serve. Watch how we begin to present ourselves. Watch how we present the gospel to people. Make sure you're not a super Christian. Y'all know what I'm saying? Where people can't even talk to you without you giving a scripture. You know, just super, super saint. I mean, I, I couldn't even meet somebody one day, man. I, I shook his hand. He's going and shaking and, and started talking in tongues. I'm like, bruh, <laughs> stop posing, man. I got just as much of God as you do. I ain't doing all that shaking. Oh, bless, oh hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, listen, you're going to make me not want to go to lunch with you. Super, super saint. Just, some people just oversaved. They met people, they just oversaved. I'm like, man, I, I don't know how you got all that. But there should be a balance to it. Amen? <laughs> That's all. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to <laughs> quench your fire, but I'm just saying some of that ain't fire. Some of it is just pure fakery because the same folks that are shaking and twisting and speaking in tongues are cussing somebody out in the next hour. So you know it's fakery. That same person, want, you want to you do all that stuff, and then next you want to come and talk to me about how bad your manager is. And that's why you can't get promoted. Because you put your mouth on your blessing. Oh, see, y'all don't want to talk about that part right there. No, I, I want a blessing. They don't even know what they're doing like you do. And if you did know what you were doing, then you would know you should be praying for the person that you report to because God will move that person out of the way if you act right. And while you're sitting there, I'm praying God for a promotion. But God, I just can't stand my... Uh-huh, that's why you're staying right there. Boy, that's that new wine. That new wine and new wine skin. See, you don't want to talk about that part, right? So stop praying for a new position if you hadn't started praying for your manager. I don't care how mean. I don't care how nasty. I don't care how much they cuss. You pray for them. Am I, can I get an amen? Somebody pray for them, right? 
Because God is going to do the changing. Listen, he'll either promote you out or promote them out. Trust me. I've been there. done that. I trained a guy. They gave him the job that I was going into. I trained him. He got the office. I was mad. I'm going to tell y'all the truth. I was mad. I was fire mad, man. I was so mad. I, I wanted to. So, so, so listen, I was so mad. I wouldn't even talk to him the rest of the day. I ain't lying. I was, I was pouting. I wasn't really mad. I was just pouting, right? And he come on and talking to me. I said, boy, you better get away from me. Right? I was mad. I was angry, right? So you know when you got the Holy Ghost, you know what's coming. So as so soon as you get by yourself, you know what's coming. So I'm driving home. Guess who wants to start talking? The Holy Ghost says, recalculating. <laughs> I said, oh, no, I'm going in this direction, God. <laughs> he says, no, recalculating. I said, uh-uh, 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 because I know what you're going to say. So what, what do you do? I turn the radio up. <laughs> I don't even have to listen to you. I'm going to turn the radio up. I'm bobbing my head. I'm like, yeah, boy, that's my, that's my jam right there. <laughs> he says, recalculating. I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I know what you want me to do, Lord. I can, uh-uh. No, I get home, and I'm with, I'm with them with the girls, man. We're doing all this stuff, right? We're watching TV. We're doing all this stuff. Why? Because I can't hear him, right? I'm staying busy. I'm, I'm just staying busy, right? And then, then that night when I got in the bed, <laughs> recalculating. <laughs> mm-mm, no. He says, he says, go and apologize. I said, you know, you know, you know what you do first. Lord, it wasn't my fault. I ain't do it. You know, that's how we do, right? I was, just like, I was just like a little seven-year-old. I don't even know why I'm telling y'all this. I was just like a little seven-year-old. I started pouting. I started pouting, right? So I said, no, nah, Lord, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. that uh-uh. Uh-uh. So I, I went to sleep somewhat. So I got up all the way to work, recalculating. So, so when I got to work, I got real busy. So I didn't have to see him, right? So I worked on servers. And so I would go to the server room and just stay in there. You know, right, Evan? It's cool. Ain't nobody, can't nobody come in there because you got the only key, right? So you chilling. I got a chair in there. I'm just sitting in there chilling. I ain't even working. I'm supposed to be working. I'm just sitting in there chilling. Recalculating. Mm-mm. No. Recalculating. Nope. Mm-mm. So when I finally had to get out of there and I walked back to my desk, guess who happens to come right out of his office that was supposed to be mine? It was his office. And he says, John, I was looking for you. Recalculating. Recalculating. Then it got fast. Recalculating. 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 Because <laughs> my pressure started going up. My heart started beating. Y'all know how it is. Right? I'm like, man. And then, then, then I'm an old Marine. So that old hand started balling up. And I said, you know I need to talk with you. <laughs> he got nervous. <laughs> he said, you do? I said, yeah. I said, can we go talk? He's like. <laughs> 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 he said, yeah, we can go talk. 
And so I, I sat down. I had no idea what I was going to say. But the Bible says that God will give you wisdom and a mouth that not even your enemies or your adversaries will be able to gainsay or resist. So you know what I did? I rested. And I said, man, I am so sorry the way I acted yesterday. I said, I'm supposed to be a man of God. And I said, that was not what a man of God looks like. I just want you to know, I'm here to serve you. And it's my job to make you shine. And I'm going to give you 150%. Now, this unbeliever tears up. Because he probably had never seen anything like that before. Right? I didn't take that kind of time to minister. Because God was already ministering. You know what I did? I served him. I made him look good. Two months later, he gave me one of the best jobs I ever had. I transferred from one bank to another one. Had a great job. And six months later, they shut down that whole department. See, if I had got the job, the job was going to be eliminated. See, sometimes, saints of God, there has to be an unpredictable. Can we go back to it? There has to be an uneventful event to take place. And God was saying, recalculating. Yeah. However, I wanted the office. I, I wanted that position. But God says, Recal come on, am I talking to the right yeah. folks? And sometimes God can say, recalculating. And we might be going in a direction. We go, mm, I've never been this way before. This is strange. But you keep on going because God said it. Yeah. See, this is where you need faith. Faith is I'm going this way. God, I don't see what you're doing yet. None of this stuff makes sense to me yet. But because you said it, and because your word says, if I said it, I will make it good. God, I'm going down this direction. I don't care what bumps I have to hit in the road. I don't care how many times I got to turn, twist. I don't care about how many signals I have to look out for. I don't care how many signs I have to watch out for. God, if you told me to go this direction, then that's exactly where I'm going. Why? Because you birthed a plan for my life before you even gave me life. Amen. Come on and give him a praise. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.